Green Team Academy podcast, episode 38, The Green New Deal, and an interview with Marie Venner. If you're ready to become an eco-leader in your community, then you're in the right place. I'm Joan Gregerson, and I work to help teams make a big impact fast. Don't forget to head over to greenteamacademy.com to get your very own Green Team Essentials. I put these together for you because this is exactly what I wished I had had when I was starting out. Join our fabulous community, download the free guide to 12 common but easily avoidable mistakes, and hop into our podcast discussion group. I can't wait to meet you there. And now, let's get started. Hey, Green Team, what's up? So thank you so much for joining me today. It's so nice to be hanging out with you. And today we have a special guest on the line with us. And this is Marie Venner. Marie is a steering committee member of the Global Catholic Climate Movement. She's also part of Good Business Colorado. And she chairs subcommittees related to climate, energy, and sustainability at the National Academy's Transportation Research Board. And she's also done research for government agencies and cost-benefit analyses for over 20 years. So, Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure, I'm delighted to be here. And we're going to be talking about the Green New Deal. But before we do that, how did you come into this work? How did you start on this path and what brought you here? Sure. Um, gosh, uh, it, you know, I think one of the fascinating things about this work is that um, you can get here from any any issue area, basically, it's like pulling on a thread, and then you discover the rest of the fabric. <laughs> so um, the environmental connections, uh, and in our, these other systemic connections are the fabric. So I, uh, you know, my environmental or climate work very much emerged out of seeing the interrelationship between things and how we are social systems and economic systems and and the air we breathe, the water we use, and, and what's going to be here for our kids and grandkids are so interrelated. And so did you, um, was your initial area of study environment or how did you, oh. how did you get connected? Well, I was studying um, international affairs and I was interested in, um, in uh, poverty here in the U.S. and uh, let's see. From there, I went into planning and and um, and studied ecology as well. Uh, and I guess I was really amazed at the extent of of the effect of of climate change on people and in the effects that are already starting to be seen. And since I've worked with governments in particular, I was particularly aghast that that uh, governments, especially at that point, weren't on even now on top of this and, and really preparing and heading off these risks. Wow. So I see your analogy is really good as far as all this fabric and everything interconnected. So whether you're thinking about poverty or international affairs or 
or air quality. Yeah, planning, all of that is is all one one cloth indeed. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the Green New Deal, but I'm sure that some of, well, I have to admit myself, I just know of the New Deal as a kind of a cool thing from our, our past, but could you remind us first what the New Deal was uh, back in our history? Sure. I, th- I think this is an especially neat thing to think about and appreciate um, here in Denver. So um, probably most folks know of the New Deal from the 1930s. It responded to severe needs the populace was facing at that time. And it didn't try to paper over those problems, but instead to craft a comprehensive and, and very constructive response. And it worked. Um, So not only did the first New Deal provide jobs to whoever needed a job, but we see the beautiful and long lasting results of the the New Deal all over Denver and the Front Range. I mean, it's some of our most beautiful, long lasting uh, public works um, from those we can see in some of the exhibits at the Denver Zoo to uh, other urban parks and pavilions to the Red Rocks Amphitheater, you know, nationally and known worldwide even uh, to trails and buildings, recreational facilities and evergreen and in so many, so many more things. And I think the, the fantastic thing about the New Deal is that it worked. Yes. <laughs> and there, there's so many government uh, initiatives that just fail or, you know, when, if we think about wars or things like that, that are projects that are meant to maybe secure the peace. And then years later, we see, oh, wow, uh oh, it actually made things worse. So to think of the New Deal as a, a model for for this Green New Deal is pretty exciting. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about, um, so what what is the new, the Green New Deal? And, or, or maybe just first, where did the idea of this arise? Sure, and, and I wanna respond to something that you said because our, our, our foreign adventures have been so, so fraught and um, even have failed. Um, but I also want to acknowledge that, you know, we, I think we're emerging from a 40 year period where we've been hearing so much and, and telling ourselves the story of government so-called inefficiency or government programs not working. And um, having worked in both the private sector and the public sector, I can tell you that the the private sector is way more expensive uh, for government um, and and um, and can be um, you know less less effective and uh, and and government staff uh, investing in our government often is investing in the expertise of uh, in people who are are keeping an eye out for the public good and the public interest over over the longer range. So that, that has been cut, you know, um, repeatedly for, for the last 40 years. But I think there's a lot of hope here now. And, and that kind of blends into your next question. Um, so one of the most exciting developments of the last year really is, um, and I think it, it, it's embodied in this one story of, of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's the youngest member of Congress now, and she defeated a longtime uh, Democratic incumbent um, that just, uh, I guess, from what I hear, wasn't doing the job there. 
And we're seeing a vision and a, and a healthy impatience, I think, uh, from young people today to get the job done. I think particularly of a 17-year-old uh, who was, was listening in, you know, local high schoolers were listening in to another conference I was at, and she shared her observation. She said, you know, you all need to deal with and resolve these severe issues uh, before you leave the stage or um, she said, it's like you're, you're inviting us or you're saying, you know, join the game, a game we don't even know how to play. Let, let's say baseball and, and saying, good luck, hit a home run. <laughs> and, and that is, uh, it's not fair and not what we should be doing. So, you know, it's uh, time to take some action towards uh, sustainability. And I think, especially as adults, you know, and, and what we've done in the last 10 or 15 years, you know, we and especially from faith communities, we've been more inclined to kind of check the box like, OK, we're doing something in coming from a sustainability consulting and all. You know, I could have told my kids, well, sorry about climate change. I, at least I was a sustainability consultant. But um, I, I, I guess I felt a very strong call to just do actually everything we can and everything we should be doing uh, to turn the situation around um, to get off fossil fuels now, because there's, there's a lot we can do. It's cost effective. Now there's so much good news and what matters is getting the job done, making the turnaround in fossil fuel dependence that we need to make. And we can have a big impact on that here and now um, it, we've had huge successes. It's pressure from faith communities and other citizen groups and coalition that pressed Excel to decarbonize faster. And so, so how does that, and I, I love the thing that you said, healthy impatience. That is great. That should be like a tattoo for all of us that are working on this. <laughs> well, and, thanks and, to our young people. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, what you said too, is I think, uh, you know, that, that we're all thinking about our last days and people looking at us going, did you do everything that you could? And, you know, instead of saying, well, I was pretty busy, it's like, yeah, busy doing what? <laughs> and and so, so really thinking of that, of, you know, being able to answer that with a clear conscience. And so, so how does that relate? So I know Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, really brought this Green New Deal to light because she was part of the protest going in with the, the Sunrise Movement and um, with young people uh, demanding this be given attention. And so what? where did the Green New Deal arise? Who, who kind of started it and what is the Sunrise Movement? Yeah, um, well, a Green New Deal has been talked about in various uh, spaces for for quite a long time, um, but it's really a tribute to these young people, and it's all youth-led, the, the Sunrise Movement, that actually showed up in Congress and, uh, and occupied Nancy Pelosi's office and who said, no more delay, no more gradualism. Um, uh, we're here to say that it's critical to get the job done and you can't just usher it out. Um, you need to work on this now. And um, 
So that's that's very important. And what is needed now and this week, and this is why students are are uh, over a thousand students are back in D.C. right now this week uh, visiting Congress people um, is they're making the decisions about the rules for the next Congress right now. And and part of the ask uh, this, the, the big ask for the Green New Deal right now is to authorize a select committee that will work on developing this Green New Deal in 2019 and uh, develop legislation by early 2020. And also to only have people on this on this select committee who are not taking uh, fossil fuel money. Um, so each of our Congress people, uh, you know, their leadership and support is needed uh, for this select committee. So um, you know, basically, we need to make time to call or visit in the next couple of days before this session ends, and uh, even still later this month, if our Congress people haven't supported, keep calling, keep telling them why this is so important to to decarbonize in the next ten years because we can do it. It's it's affordable now. We just need to decide to do it. And so say one more time, and I'll write this in the show notes over at greenteamacademy.com, but say one more time, what is that key phrase that you're, so let's say that yes. we call our congressperson, yes. and and what is the yes. kind of key phrase that you want to, to ask yes. them? Yes, um, support and authorize a select committee for a Green New Deal in the 2019 Congress. So that's the that's the ask and the push this week and um, in this month. And I, I also just want to balance that with uh, we can have a big impact on a local level, but we need to still focus on big things on the local level. For instance, uh, a lot of our carbon emissions come from our electricity and our local governments are the ones with franchise agreements with utilities like Excel. So they have they have a say, uh, especially as they think towards renewing those agreements. And Excel needs to hear from us, from our groups. We should always speak as we um, and our local representatives that we can actually sit down and have coffee with and keep following up with uh, to say we want renewable energy. We want this shift now. Uh, we want actual clean energy, not not credits and trading around um, and in uh, any more delay. So um, okay, that's a really that's a really good tip. So in addition to contacting your congressperson to look at where our, our energy comes from and see how you can make an impact directly with that company, because there we should be at their bosses. Exactly. And, and and so one other quick question. So could you give us a quick overview of the Green New Deal and also where we can go to find out more information about it? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'd suggest just uh, Googling Green New Deal. And if you want, uh, you can add Sunrise Movement or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or I know Bernie Sanders uh, website are, you know, these are a lot of different ways to get there. Um, but the, the, and there, there are about, I think, 10 different things you can learn about it. But I would say the two top things are um, making the transition, uh, making the bulk of the transition in the next 10 years, uh, which is exactly in line 
uh, with what's needed um, internationally. And then also this, uh, you know, jobs for, for everyone who, who wants it. Um, it's, it's possible as, as part of this, uh, as part of this transition, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, so it's an opportunity to address um, social needs and, and these, you know, critical needs of our, our air and our, our future um, uh, livability and our future economy at the same at the same time. And I love that, like putting all those things together. I know earlier this year, I interviewed Julia Williams with 350 Colorado, and they had a, a summit where they were talking about climate jobs and justice. And she was saying, you know, even people that have, or for example, people that have jobs working for a fracking company, that's a good, well-paying job. And one of maybe the few well-paying jobs in that area that mm -hmm. we need to be considering their futures as much as anybody else's. So absolutely, we're, we're all in this together. And so oh, thanks for saying that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the idea, so I love that, that this isn't just let's make this transition to renewables, because as we saw this week, uh, what just ha happened in France, if it yeah. is just, okay, let's change the price. Let's increase the price for fuel without understanding what is the average person going through right now and how are they going to support their family and create a livable future? You know, so if, if the climate's great, but you don't have jobs, then it still wasn't a success. So right. I love that this is, this is that, that phrase, the climate jobs and justice all right. in one. And I just right. found a link, the um, sunrise org slash G N D. So that's one place that you could go, um, check it out. And so who are, Oh, uh, I'll share one more, um, uh, address. So, uh, for instance, uh, those listening from Colorado might go to, or Minnesota can go to board of directors at Excel, X C E L energy.com. And, um, as it's been mentioned to me, this is not like voting. You can email multiple times, email every week if you want and say, uh, you know, we want to see our, our, our communities want to see um, you know, the coal plant closure schedule. Um, and these plants need to be closed in the next five years. Um, we want to transition the whole system for our state um, to renewable energy uh, in in this uh, time frame um, by 2030. So uh, that's a great idea. And I think all of us, maybe I'm, you know, we all pay taxes, we're, we're supporting our federal governments, our other governments, but we know that we're getting a bill from our electric company every month. And so we know that we have a relationship, a pretty direct relationship there as well. So that's a great idea to reach out as often as possible and say, and to, to use the word we, that's another good tip. And the other thing I was going to ask you is, so how has this been getting, what is the support for this um, from people in Congress so far? What is it looking like and what, what level of support does it need to go forward? Um, well, I, I, imagine i mean it needs enough support to be included in the rules and i don't know how big of a coalition is going to be necessary to get that to happen but 
Uh, I can tell you that the the public pressure, people standing up, uh, going to those offices, you know, we've had weekly contact with some of our our representatives here, but they need to hear from more people. Um, but, but that has uh, brought 14 new members of Congress on board this week. But from Colorado, we still just have one signed on. So we have a long ways to go in Colorado. Awesome. And who is that that's already signed on? Um, it's the representative from Boulder. Oh, I just see it here on their website that uh, Joe Nagusi. Mm-hmm. Oh, terrific. Awesome. I just, I'm just looking here on the website. It looks like there are 31 reps that have signed on um, so far. So yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Good. So it's like doubled uh, this week. Wow. That's so, terrific. Uh, so that's a good we, place to start. Right, right, right. And we need, you know, we need more. Um, we have metro area leaders, other leaders who should be, should be in there too. I mean, it really matters uh, for our state, especially, you know, I come from an agricultural family on one side, but we're looking at recreating a permanent dust bowl in Colorado if we don't get moving very much faster on this. Well, and like you said, I think that state by state, uh, pretty much everybody has experienced some aspect of climate change now, whether it's you know, wildfires in California or, um, you know, extreme weather and and of course, it's hard to say climate change caused something directly, but we do know that warmer temperatures in the atmosphere tend to make weather events more extreme, and that is hot and cold. Um, so I think it's not, you know, it's not as abstract anymore. People are starting to really understand, and and I think the other important and the exciting thing about this is, you know, that the world that we're living in right now was created by people. And so to think that 30 or 40 years from now that we could have made this transition, that that we could be making an impact on reducing poverty and bringing, reversing some of those trends that we've seen in the last um, decade of the concentration of wealth. So reversing that and growing that the middle class to, to encompass everybody basically and uh, and changing transforming over to a renewable energy economy at the same time would is is pretty exciting yeah yeah I mean creating a, a more beautiful healthier positive future we know we have to make this switch at some point anyway you know why would we not want all of these good things faster for uh, the people here? Um, now there's just there's such a benefit uh, to to making uh, this this transition now, and you know we have a we'll have a more solid economy and and healthier life and more livable climate um, earlier. Anyone who grows up in Colorado who's grown up in Colorado, you know, knows that 40 years ago we used to have so much more snow in the winter. Um, so already our our temperatures here are kind of, uh, you know, they're a lot closer to um, what existed in some parts of uh, um, New Mexico, really, you know, at, at that time. So, yeah, I've noticed that myself. Having grown up here, we used to ice skate on the lakes in the city park and Washington Park. And 
I don't think that would be a good or safe idea anymore. <laughs> you could go swimming, yeah. but not, <laughs> not ice skating. Right, well, and all the snow days we used to have, yeah. and the, the depth of snow and all exactly. of that. Exactly, building snow forts and all that good stuff. Right. Exactly. Well, Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. And is there any one last comment that you would like to leave before uh, we sign off here? Sure. Um, I'm just so grateful for all of the people um, listening and working on this and, and making time for it in in their lives. It's it's not uh, equally easy for everybody. That's that's for sure. And and sometimes it can um, seem like an uphill or uh, isolating effort. But it's it's people like you, Joan, and and all those others um, out there who uh, do make it such a community, such a movement and uh, a beautiful transition uh, that that's underway. And, and all of you should feel very proud. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you. Well, thank you so much. And so just kind of the quick reminder is take a moment today to mo- make a phone call to your uh, U.S representative for Congress and ask them. um, So say that phrase one more time, Marie. Sure, sure. Um, Support a green, a select committee for a Green New Deal in the 2019 Congress. Awesome. That is wonderful. Okay. And everybody, if you haven't already headed over to my website, sign up for the the green team essentials so that you can get access to our podcast discussion group and you can download the 12 common green team mistakes. And I also have a masterclass up there now that is all about how to make a bigger impact faster. And finally, if you're in the Metro Denver area, our accelerator lab is taking applications. We already have about 14 teams. We've got museums and churches and neighborhoods and Um, schools. It's going to be a really exciting group to be a part of. And Marie, as representing Interfaith Power and Light, is, is one of our sponsors. So that's pretty exciting as well. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks again, Marie. Yeah, thank you, Joan. All right. Remember, the time for action is now because there is no planet B. See you soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. my friend, are doing such important work. Caring about the planet and trying to figure out how to make an impact fast, you're exactly the kind of person that our world needs more of. To make sure that you're not wasting your precious time or energy, make sure you head over to greenteamacademy.com, check out the expert trainings that are available, and get your Green Team Essentials so you'll get the support you need. Thank you for everything you're doing, and I'll see you right back here next time on the Green Team Academy podcast.